0: This is Ethnic Stew, a new podcast on race and ethnic relations from the standpoint of parents and grandparents of biracial children. Here are your hosts, John Gladden, J.P. Kendall, and Jill Kendrick.
1: Colleges and universities are taking a beating these days, being accused of acting as bastions of what many people are mistakenly calling woke culture. Now, being woke used to mean being alert to racial prejudice and discrimination, then came to encompass a broader awareness of social inequalities. The term has now become a pejorative by the far right, sneering at what they claim are leftist concepts, ranging from identity politics to white privilege and even critical race theory. The original definition, I assume, is something we should all aspire to be, that is, being alert to racial prejudice and discrimination. Going with that definition jp jill and i looked at a few instances in which the concept of being woke has been turned on its head on campuses in oregon north carolina and illinois students who disagreed with their instructors tried to silence them the three instances are all different but with one thing in common the students didn't like what they heard and instead of challenging directly they took their grievances to administration and in at least one instance instigated a campaign of lies about the instructor's family life and the consequences well it ain't pretty let's get to it first guy mike adams was a criminology professor at the university of north carolina in wilmington an outspoken conservative adams was the subject of a campaign to get him fired. In one post, Adam wrote, don't shut down the university, shut down the non-essential majors like women's studies.
2: Oh. Yeah.
1: In the open letter to the University of North Carolina at Wilmington, academics and students wrote professor Adams hides behind the veil of free speech but through his rhetoric on Twitter and his column he has harassed threatened and spread hateful speech against students and faculty to get rid of him the school reached a settlement with Adams to have him retire early in August 2020 in exchange for uh, a little over five hundred thousand dollars paid out over the course of five years to cover lost salary and retirement benefits but he would never collect the full settlement because in July of that year, he was found dead at his home, died of a gunshot wound. Uh, coroners would later confirm was self-inflicted. Nice. One of his colleagues... Appeared to minimize Adam's death. He tweeted, please do mourn Mike Adams' death, but don't sugarcoat his rhetoric as merely controversial or racially charged. He was blatantly racist, homophobic, and sexist, and his own words left no room for interpretation on any of that. Yeah, what he said was repugnant. Is it worthy of being fired? I don't know.
2: It's First Amendment rights. You might not like it, but he still has the right to say what he wants to say.
1: And this guy seems to be uh, provocateur and kind of enjoyed tweaking noses. Yeah. This next gentleman, Peter Bogosian, at uh, Portland State, uh, it was revealed that together with fellow academics— James Lindsay, and Helen Pluckrose, he had been submitting ludicrous academic papers to social science journals to see whether they would be published. The three of them uh, submitted the papers to prove that modern social sciences had a problem with academic rigor, along with weakening standards for what was considered good research. (laughs) So he was essentially showing that research papers, as long as they're what they termed politically correct, would be published. Right. And without peer review. Right. Uh, But the students at Portland state uh, disliked how uh, the professor prioritized diversity of thought in his classroom. Now we'll remind everybody that that's from Portland, which is, you know, supposedly this much more liberal, environment they didn't like it because they felt he prioritized diversity of thought
0: isn't that what an educator is supposed to do
1: thank you (laughs) so he was the target of harassment (laughs) including graffiti in the shape of a swastika featuring his name and a title nine probe that alleged that he beat his wife and children wow Getting into the weeds. (laughs) Well, yeah, the the probe went nowhere, but he was required to attend school mandated coaching and was banned from teaching things. This is a quote in a way that might reveal his views on protected classes.
2: Oh, man, we're just it kind of goes back to what we got going on now with speak what we tell you to speak and speak only that. And you're sending these kids to get education, to, like you were saying before, you know, diversity of thought. So you can think as much as you want,
1: as long as it's what I want to hear. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, You have the freedom to speak as long as it's this. what I want you to hear. Yeah. yeah. And, and on top of this, because they didn't like the truth, they went a step further and created the lies about the problems with within his marriage and his family. So he, he resigned... Part of the note in his resignation, he said, Portland State University has failed in fulfilling its duty to free thought. In doing so, it has failed not only its students, but the public that supports it. While I'm grateful for the opportunity to have taught at Portland State for over a decade, it's become clear to me that this institution is no place for people who intend to think freely and explore ideas. People intend to think freely and explore ideas. Isn't that what school is about? It's learning how to learn, really. Yes. It's not about learning things by rote, but in addition to learning new ideas, it's debating them in exchanging ideas, and only by exchanging ideas and picking them apart can you learn whether they're quackery or... You know worthy of further discussion yeah well you you got to stop and think too
2: also um some of the people's justifications of for and against of how they go into that
1: and it's disturbing how they go to it's not enough that you disagree but there's the attitude of leaving no prisoners yes you know and that that's what bothers me in these colleges i mean they go out of their way to try and ruin the lives of these people right just because they disagree yeah you know
0: did i understand correctly that the guy the first gentleman you talked about he was too far right thinking for the people in his university
1: yes he was to the political right
0: and they ran him out yep in a far right well maybe not where exactly where he lived maybe not but then in portland a guy who was more liberal thinking, trying to be more free thinking, trying to generate new thoughts, new ideas, was run out for being too free thinking.
1: Yes. Yeah. Now, to me, this just shows that the far right and the far left are far out. <laughs> yeah. Far out. Yeah. There,
0: there has to, unless we've talked before, there, there has to be a middle ground. People maybe, I don't know that us, but I'm saying... More like us who want to hear both sides, who want to come to an honest agreement. Like in Indiana, you know, they have started taking books out of libraries. There can't be books about uh, um, race theory gender, and yeah. race theories, this and that. They've, they've taken those books out of a lot of libraries. So what's happening, I'm hoping that some the younger generation in Indiana can get their acts together because what kind of happened when that happened... The kids who want to know have made more of an effort to get the information right. and learn about it and make their own decisions, which I see as a positive. Like, I see that as a positive outcome of bad decisions by people who are doing it for political motivation, not the common good of all.
1: Well, and especially books that are that are clearly satire, like Huck Finn. Yeah. You know, you know where where he decides not to tell on, on Jim, the runaway slave and his best friend. And he says, I don't care if I'm called a low down abolitionist. And he said, and, and he said, it just, it made me feel better. And so the, the wonderful irony that he feels low down for being what society says is wrong, but he also is feeling better about his friendship and about the loyalty. Right. People wanted to ban that. People, they wanted to
2: take away books and, and images that depicted slavery and that type of thing. Now people are saying that was the way our country was. And now there's a lot more people to stand up and say, that's the way things were. And now you got to, a group of people trying to say, well, we don't need to know that side of history. All we need to know is the history that I set before you. Well, that's not history telling. Then they don't understand why kids don't want to trust them. Is because you're leaving out huge chunks of information, and it's not going to make me feel bad about myself. What I'm hearing from white kids, it's good, bad, and ugly, warts and all. And do you want to spoon feed me? And it makes him feel, from the ones that I've talked to, it makes them feel like they can't handle things.
0: I think it's sad when you have people who care about education, true education. And college really just means you're trainable. I feel like when you are forcing people out who are trying to teach a point of view, like maybe maybe his point of view, the guy in Portland, is really think for yourself
1: here was the the last example and i think that this ties everything together and this is racial in perspective this was a uh, a professor at the john marshall law school at u of i chicago university illinois at chicago his name is jason kilborn he wrote a civil procedure exam based on an employment discrimination hypothetical the question referred to the use of racial and sexual epithets, but rather than use the words Kilborn used commonly censored versions of just the first letter and blanks in doing that, he was suspended at the school. The use of the censored references led to a complaint in a letter from the black law students association, and later a petition which called for kilborn to be stripped of his committee assignments and other reforms this is this is a direct quote from the petition the slur shocked students created a momentous distraction and caused unnecessary distress and anxiety for those taking the exam considering the subject matter and the call of the question the use of the n word and B word was certainly unwarranted as it did not serve any educational purpose. The question was culturally insensitive and tone deaf. It lacked basic civility and respect for the student body, especially considering our social justice efforts this year. This was back in, I believe 2020. The integration of this dark and vile verbiage, On a civil procedure to exam was inexcusable and appropriate measures of accountability must be executed by the UIC administration. Now the president of the campus BLSA chapter black law students association, who's not a student of the professors said during her own speech, and this is a quote, we do not feel safe. Students have come together to write demands for the law school starting with the termination of of his tenured professor Stating that tenure is not immunity for discriminatory practices Here is the question from the exam and I'm reading it verbatim After she was fired from her job plaintiff sued employer under federal civil rights law claiming employment discrimination on the basis of her race and gender Employer also revealed that one of the plaintiff's former managers might have damaging information about the case, but no one at employer knew where that former manager was since she had abruptly quit her job at employer several months ago and had not been heard from since with nothing to go on, but the manager's name employer's lawyer pieced together several scraps of information and concluded that this former manager must be located in a remote area of northern wisconsin employer's lawyer spent twenty five thousand dollars to hire a private investigator who successfully located the former manager in northern wisconsin employer's lawyer traveled to meet the manager who stated that she quit her job at employer After she attended a meeting in which other managers expressed their anger at plaintiff, calling her an N word and a B word profane expressions for African-Americans and women and vowed to get rid of her later plaintiffs lawyer served. Uh, another discovery demand omitted, and an interrogatory demanding the identity and location of any person with any information related to the termination of plaintiff's employment at employer or potential discrimination against plaintiff by employer or any agent of employer. Can employer identify the former manager but properly withhold her location, as this is the product of a significant amount of work and expense by employer's attorney. So it's important to note that this entire controversy began with an exam question on an employment discrimination case that censored terms to avoid discomfort or insult. Wow,
0: I'm, question, I'm I'm,
1: I'm shocked. How did we get it? How do we get here from there? (laughs) Well, exactly. The question had been used in different settings on the professors law school classes for 10 years in a row before this became a controversy.
0: But the times have changed. JP, you've mentioned this before and probably should throw the ball to you, but you've mentioned it before that with some of the controversy that has happened, certain people react differently now to things, words, but I'm shocked that he would have been, that he would have lost his job or been called a lot because he was simply posing a question that would have been within the realm of what he was teaching and And he put that in there by not using the exact words. I don't see how that became a problem, because he's not yes. saying it himself. He's using the context of Imposing it, what yeah, happened the to the question.
1: This is a real-world problem that, that has come yes. up before. Yeah. Now, let me read the professor's explanation of the context using the question. He said, employment discrimination is amongst <laughs> the most common topics of federal civil litigation. And our textbook authors use that context frequently, so it's certainly appropriately contextual. Right. I was also trying to acknowledge the challenges that women of color still face in the workplace and the important role of civil procedure in discovering and addressing these wrongs. The only question seems to be whether it was problematic for me to be specific in abbreviated form, to avoid actually using these horrible words, yeah, ab- about what the manager had heard others say, yeah, I don't want to make any bo- anyone feel unnecessarily distressed during a high stakes exam, but I am flabbergasted at the reaction here for the first time in ten years of consistently administering this very question to classes every bit as diverse as the one that sat for this exam. Yeah this semester though i have no idea who who is reacting in this way or why as no one from the leadership of this campaign against me has attempted to communicate with me in any way this
2: sounds like a witch hunt this sounds like a situation yes. where they had a reason they wanted a reason to get rid of this guy and they found it well they manufactured it out of this because as i sit here and I I see no wrong in what he what he said or what he done. That's just like banning a book for using the you know using the actual words. Ask, <laughs> uh, answer this question. This scenario comes up in a courtroom situation, an actual case. How would they word it then?
0: To me, the actual words would have been more infuriating than the leading letters. And the thing of it is, it's not him saying it. It's a That's like I'm. That is depicting a real life
2: case that happens, a... happens
0: all the time.
1: Yes.
2: How would they write that up in a in a court setting, in an actual case setting? How would how would they I think it would have in... the
0: actual word. It would have the actual work. Yes. Yes. Okay. So then
1: you're damned. You're damned if you do, and damned if you don't. According to a statement by the Black Law Students Association, for instance one student read the exam question and said he felt like he quote no longer belonged at the law school unquote
2: oh my goodness
1: another student said she'd experienced heart palpitations
0: fuck up Buttercup! you would hear you would hear things yes way worse than that
1: way fuck worse. Up, well yeah so I mean, i'm
0: saying that I, I i'm shocked that anybody in law school would be shocked or offended by that or feel palpitations or feel like they shouldn't be there because that's a real life case if that that's a discrimination case from start to finish so what do you have all these other discrimination type cases or wrongful termination Termination, termination. how that's not going to be any better than it would be far worse than what was in that
1: that question you you work in law offices do you think that someone would hire a student who if they read the n-word in read about the n-word in court would roll up in a ball and start you know start rocking back and forth and get you know and, and be basically unable to to move forward
0: I can't imagine that. Times have changed, though, but I can't imagine. And I didn't, I didn't do that kind of stuff. But I just can't imagine. I, I, I can't. I, I mean, that's what that's well, what has me. I'm kind of riled well, up about this. So, so it, I, it, I can't understand. It was just, it wasn't the whole issue, but it was why the person left, and I can't understand why. And if that's why the person left, that's why the person it's the left. Facts their, the facts of the. That's a, their prerogatory. That's yeah. It's the facts of the case.
2: Very important yeah. facts of the case. My son's a paralegal in the yeah. Air Force. And um, yeah. yeah, I just can't have seen anybody reacting to that. And that then the fact young, that there were
0: multiple people or supposedly multiple people. Somebody or do, they feel that, somebody do they was... feel that
2: way when Tupac says it or Biggie uh, Small says it or yeah. any of these other rappers that are running around saying that kind of crap, you know? I just think it was a situation where somebody got no, get notoriety out of bringing this up, and a bunch of people jumped on it, and they took off with it.
0: I um, mean, this is Chico- this is downtown Chicago. Yeah. Downtown Chicago.
1: Yeah, and John Marshall's a night school. It's, it's people going after their law degree who are currently employed uh, professionally in a night school like that. It is professionals who are doing this because this is the only time they can do it. So you don't have traditionally a bunch of 19 year old kids. But let, let me throw out a hypothetical and see, see if you agree or disagree. When I dated my first wife and her son had just turned three, we quickly disagreed about discipline for him. A couple of times when I tried to let him know that what he was doing was wrong, she said, no, 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 I mean, I, He's had it tough and he's been, you know,
2: I was married to one of those.
1: And, and I said, look, if you treat him like a victim, he's going to be a victim. Yep. To me, it's no different from when the kid and, and and I got my way. And when, when she and I divorced, she said, well, uh, you know, my son and I will be leaving now and. Her son said, "No, I'm staying with John. This is, you know, I know I'm in it. I know I'm safe in the
2: better place. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and yeah. that's not me. That's not me bragging. Patting
2: yourself on the back. Yeah, that's
1: but. just that's just saying that. That's obviously he he had learned it, but it's to me it's no different from, you know, when a kid that's small is running and falls down and scrapes the hell out of his knee." And you run and you pick him up. If you go, uh, what what my wife Melinda likes to do in situations like that, she will pound the ground and say, "That's that that bad ground made you hurt. You're fine now, aren't you?" So <laughs> that's good logic, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Or do you jump up and you you know, and you and you cuddle him and you say, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay?" What's the kid? Which which one is going to get the kid? back up in moving quicker the
2: first one
0: it's the one where you say you're okay right it's okay yeah. Look. and i've to done that like if one of the kids stubs their torso, they say like bad chair you there know? you
1: go <laughs> to me these students are butt hurt and i know that yeah. sounds yeah. awfully awfully hard but somewhere no. somebody told them they got the idea that they were victims and and i and yeah. i think john lewis when he was getting the hell kicked out of him on the edmund pettus bridge yeah did he did he start crying and saying that this was unfair no he got it marked some more he went right back into it he cracked his skull open but went right back to it and i can't help but think that the leaders in the civil rights of, of yesteryear would look at students who, who did this and say, you're throwing away all this hard work that we've done. Yeah.
0: You and missed you, the point. You missed the yeah. point. Yeah. You guys have missed the point. <laughs> you know. It, yeah, you're yeah. you're
1: admitting, you're basically throwing in the towel and saying that the black haters were true. We're not strong. We're not no. capable. You come off like a bunch of sissy lalas is what they sound up like. Well the thing Little is
0: the thing is cry baby
2: pissy is, pants.
0: Yeah, I don't know about, I don't know how to, I wouldn't say necessarily like that, JB, because I didn't know those words. However, I would think if the person was angry about it, this is someone who is in law school, we will assume a certain level of intelligence. You would think that if you had a problem, you would address that problem and not create an entire scenario now where you're trying to wreck a professor's life over a question that had been asked for 10 years. That just means the culture has changed as to what is acceptable or not acceptable. But the words used are said on the street and probably in between that woman or man and their other friends.
2: I'll give you an example of culture change. When I was a little boy, we went from being proper word was Negro. and Then it was colored people. And then colored people and being called Negroes was, became offensive. It was almost like the N-word because we're no longer colored people or Negroes. We're black people. Yeah, what and color? Then, <laughs> yeah, then Africa. But I remember the older generation of my family did not identify with being called black people. That was really Now that I look back on it, you know, because I'm a little kid growing up in the 60s. You know, I remember when... Black people, would, they would say uh, somebody would come up to the older people and they would, you know, do a black power signal and stuff. You know, like, I don't play that. You know, as time evolved, we were black people, then we're African-Americans. And, and I hear it every once in a while. I hear older white people and black people use the term colored people. And it's just so foreign sounding now. And and it's offensive. And then you know, but the funny thing about it, when I've seen white people use that term, the reaction from other white people was really fascinating to me because you know you can see a head whip, and and I've heard this word used around, when when people didn't know I was around. You know, I heard it like in the crowds or on the other side of a wall, and it was funny to hear white people laugh at them, you know, and say. Say things like, you know, Why, what a hillbilly or what rock they've been living under, you know, and, and it's they understand that black people don't identify with that. You know, in this case, I don't see where harm was done in a situation that was. To the girl wrong. in the
0: classroom, to
2: the girl in the yeah. classroom.
0: What was the harm? Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. It, I just can't Boy, understand, you know, using something in, a, in such a generic way, you know, it's. Like I said, I don't know how, you know, you get there from there. You know, I just don't know. I don't understand it. Maybe it's just me, but I just don't see it either. I just don't know. You know, and also what about forgiveness too? I mean, you know, what about how, how, what about, you know, corrections, you know, gently correcting somebody or something like that, you know, just to come out with your swords drawn and, you know, trying to slice and dice somebody. I feel like if. I say something derogatory as a black person about your race, I should be in just as much trouble as you are about saying something about my race. That is the only way it's gonna be fair. I'll give a clear example. I had a, a coworker of mine, she heard her son, no it was her grandson, saying the N word. And she called him in there and started to climb his frame, but he was actually, there was a song in the background playing that she didn't hear, and he was mimicking the words to the, yep. he was this, to the song, and she didn't know that, and, you know, she collared him, and, you know, and he had to explain his way out of it, but she didn't know how she was supposed to react, you know, after hearing, you know, that scenario. So, yep. you know, it kind of correlates, you know, in a way, with what, what's happening here, you know? Don't sing that
1: song well. <laughs> let, let, let me t- take the story a step further he was suspended and then investigated which i believe you know no you investigate and then decide whether you are suspended yeah. he went on a zoom call with a member of the blsa the statement uh after that he said and this is Professor Kilborn, he said, while the battle over the exam language continues, it turns out I was actively misled into believing my suspension was related to that language. I voluntarily agreed to talk to one of the Black Law Student Association members who had advanced this petition against me around hour one or 1.5 of a four-hour Zoom call that I endured... Nice. Yeah, that I endured from five to 9 PM with this young man. He asked me to speculate as to why the Dean had not sent me BLSAs attack letter and I flippantly responded. Well, I suspect she's afraid. I, if I saw the horrible things that were said about me in the letter, I'd become homicidal conversation continued without a hitch for two and a half or three more hours. And we concluded amicably with a promise to talk more later apparently the student then turned around and reported that i was a homicidal threat oh my goodness yeah yeah our university's behavioral threat assessment team convened and with no evidence of who i am at all recommended my to my dean that i be placed on administrative leave and barred from campus having full discretion to implement or reject that recommendation and knowing me fairly well having worked with me quite a bit for the past four years my dean decided that i was indeed a homicidal threat
2: oh man
1: wow i'm sorry doesn't this need to be pushed back don't these students need to be shown just how ridiculous (laughs) it is yes hold held accountable You know, something like that can happen to any one of us, any one of us. And I feel like I'm going out on a limb as a 61-year-old white guy, even saying this, but somebody has to say it. And fair play, when I would get upset at work,
2: it was talked about for days. You know, and I see people go off, throwing things, slamming, breaking equipment and whatnot. And they would say, oh, he's just upset he'll cool off in a a little bit. But I've had the postal inspectors called on me and worked because I've gotten into, you know, a heated argument with somebody, which these people have had multiple heated arguments with somebody. And the excuse I always get, well, you're a large guy, you know, and you're a Marine. And and you know you're you know and they just stopped shy of saying you're this big black guy that we're petrified of or whatever <laughs> you know people would come up to me weeks later and said I heard a couple of weeks ago you got really upset and got loud with somebody and they everybody was afraid of what you might do and I'm going are you kidding me you know we've had people that have to physically separate them and a lot of times I felt like that I was discriminated against. Okay, so what is it you're afraid of? My size, my color, my bald head? What is it that you're afraid of when you know me? You you see me every day. You know me. I'd much rather buy you a cup of coffee or buy you a Coke than just to walk up and punch you. If I have to punch you, yeah, I will punch you. But I'd much rather we sit down and discuss this, not yell and scream, but discuss this, I'm that guy. You know, I'd much rather do that because I know a physical altercation I learned in martial arts years ago, you you never ever really win a fight. I don't know. In this situation, I just think this guy was part of a witch hunt, you know, in a flippant way, which, you know, we do that little sarcasm all the time, you know, and to have that put in that context and it just wipes out all the great things that he probably did before. And that's what I think a lot about when I think about racism, why would I let this one person cancel out all the other things that my white friends, my teachers, you know, my doctors, all these people who have done things for me, why would I allow one ignorant person to cancel out all that for, you know, something they said or something they did? Taking consideration Hello, he, what they yeah, did.
0: His original, yeah, his original error was he gave a test
2: gave a test and tried yeah, he, to use
1: some pc he demanded accountability from his students right, right. what a i mean what an incredibly revolutionary concept yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just so saddened by this because JP, you, you, you alluded to this how quickly a lifetime of good work Right. Can just be completely thrown away because of right. either an incredible sensitivity or mistaken intentions or, or, or a combination hunt. of the two. Yeah. Yeah.
2: This sounds more like a witch hunt to me. Yeah. Somewhere down the line, he looked at somebody sideways and, and this is their return to, you know, to get back with them. But they should take in consideration is this a pattern? Does anybody else complain about this? For Christ, you know what about them? This question has been on the test for ten years. You guys just now are waking up to it. This is it a crime now because yeah. the climate, or was it, you know, ten years ago when I started using and, this?
0: And I would assume the homicidal thing was said in yes, and a yes, yes. No, and he would it was. have been, and he would have been like, oh yeah, because he would have thought that you say that in a certain kind of tone. You don't say that like you are. Dead serious. Right. Pardon the pun. You just talk about it that it's you would be like, oh, yeah, because, you know, this or this or that. That's like a comedy of errors. That whole thing is a comedy of errors. So I wonder, has he sued the university?
1: Initially, Jason Kilborn was told by UIC officials he had to attend sensitivity training. But he reached a resolution with UIC in July of 2021 in which he agreed to alert the dean of the law school before responding to student complaints about racial issues and to audio record his classes. Kilbourne welcomed both of these stipulations in order to protect himself against spurious complaints and had already decided to take those actions independently. As part of that resolution, Kilbourne and UIC ultimately reached an understanding that that Kilburn would not have to attend sensitivity training. However, in November of 2021, under pressure from UIC's Black Law Students Association and Jesse Jackson, UIC reneged on its agreement with Kilburn and now demands he participate in months-long training on classroom conversations that address racism and compelling him to write reflection papers before he can return to the classroom. In a stunning display of unintended irony, the individualized training materials include the same redacted slur that Kilbourne used in his test question. The head of the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, or FIRE, uh, the Faculty Legal Defense Fund, says UIC crucifies Kilborn for using a redacted slur, then turns around and forces him into anti-racism training that uses that very same slur. Kilborn is effectively showing up to re-education and being handed his own text by requiring Kilborn to submit the ideological re-education not only has UIC violated his rights to academic freedom but it has also gone back on its original agreement with Kilborn Another of his attorneys said Kilborn did nothing wrong to begin with, but UIC has done everything wrong. UIC has proved itself to be both illiberal and disingenuous, and it's past time to follow through on our threat of legal action. Kilburn has sued, and he claimed... The only thing that will hold UIC accountable for its unconstitutional actions is a lawsuit. FIRE's Faculty Legal Defense Fund gave me the strong medicine of real legal action, and UIC has given me no choice but to use it. Kilburn's lawsuit was filed in U.S. District Court Northern District of Illinois on January 27th of 2022. and As of this recording, there have been 34 motions, replies, entries, and memoranda filed. I've had an attorney look at the court docket and was told the lawsuit is nowhere near resolved. It's now high profile enough that neither side will be interested in negotiating anytime soon. And the suit will likely go on for years.
0: This has been Ethnic Stew, a new podcast on race and ethnic relations from the standpoint of parents and grandparents of biracial children. Next time, John, JP, and Jill continue their talk with Amy from Iran. Like Ethnic Stew on Facebook. Check out our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and on ethnicstew.com.